Chapter 8 of Down in Water Street by Samuel Hadley. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter 8 The Devil's Castaways. We believe our blessed Redeemer can beat the devil out of sight at his own game and on his own ground. Nor do we think he needs any sociality or subterfuge to help him. Only the straight, glorious gospel of love, compassion, and pity. A poor homeless man will be sitting in City Hall Park. He perhaps has come down to look for work, or he may have been compelled to leave his home for some crookedness, or he may be a straight tramp. But whatever he is, he is down on his luck and a drunkard. What little money he had is gone, and he has tramped the street for the past two nights, poorly clad, no food, very little whiskey, and walking on his uppers. He doesn't know what to do, and he speaks to a companion beside him and says, If I have to carry the banner tonight, I'll be a dead man in the morning. You blankety-blank fool, says the other. Why don't you go down to the Macaulay Mission on Water Street and go forward for prayers and give a good stiff testimony, and you can work Hadley all winter? Well, says the first speaker, I guess I'll work that graft for all it's worth. After getting the necessary instructions, he comes down, and when the invitation is given, he comes with fifteen or twenty others, practically of the same stripe. Reader, this can never be told as it is. A stranger would see nothing of this, but to us who have been all through this very thing, and have been saved out of it, it is an awful living reality. We take our seats quietly and orderly. I know that all our converts are lifting their hearts in prayer to God for these men. I speak of the promises of Jesus and his tender compassion to sinners. No matter what motive prompted them to come up, here they are at our blood-bought mercy seat. They are men with a history, every one of them. We pity them. Yes, we love them. We love them just because they are lost and poor and wretched and deceitful and utterly friendless in this great city. One glance gives us as much knowledge of their character and history as if we had known them for years. We repeat some precious promise of Jesus. We all get on our knees in prayer. The leader calls on someone to take these cases to Jesus, and all the converts help him in a tender, loving spirit to supplicate the throne of grace for these poor, helpless men. Then we sing a verse, low and reverently, on our knees. Perhaps it is, Tempted and tried, I need a great Savior, one who will help my burdens to bear. I must tell Jesus, I must tell Jesus, he all my cares and sorrows will share. Then the leader goes around while all remain on their knees and asks each one to pray for himself. This is the critical time. These poor men had no idea that they would get into any water as deep as this. They hesitate. We say, My brother, pray for yourself. Jesus loves you. Tell him all about yourself. The poor fraud trembles. The perspiration breaks out on his face. Thoughts of home, mother, and innocent childhood. The Bible and the family altar crowd upon his memory with lightning rapidity. Thoughts he had supposed to be dead and buried long ago. Dear brother, says the leader, why do you hesitate? Why do you refuse to call on the best friend you ever had? Tell him all about it. Then, with a breaking heart, he cries, O oh God, for Jesus' sake, be merciful to me, a sinner. We never rise until all have prayed. After we have taken our seats, the leader calls their attention to some promise for their special case. We lay great stress on the promises of Jesus. Now, the leader says, we have knelt and told Jesus all about ourselves. If anyone has found a place to stand, or has come to any conclusion as to what he is going to do, he has the privilege of saying so. 
one after another rises in his place and with the kindly loving eyes of every convert upon him makes his statement our friend from city hall park after much hesitation stands up trembling and says this thing has turned out very different from what i expected i am a stranger in this city and have only been here a few days i am almost naked and barefoot and have walked the streets all night in the park, a man told me that if I would come down here and go forward for prayers, I could get a place to sleep and something to eat. I must acknowledge I came here for that purpose, but when I got on my knees and was asked to pray, I could not be a hypocrite, and I asked God for Jesus' sake to save me, and he has done it. I believe I can walk the streets now. But he does not have to do that. This man has landed on solid ground, and it is our pleasure to help him along to success. We have had many, though, who played the game right through. They were the first ones to pray and the first ones to speak. One would say, thank God I'm saved. There's no doubt about it. The leader would add, praise the Lord. Indeed, I think that is something to praise God for, that you can say you are saved. Perhaps the fraud winces, but goes on and speaks every night for a month. All the converts who are testifying with prayerful sincerity know that every word he says is a lie, but it won't do to tell him so, or you will lose your man. We keep praying, keep loving, and keep believing. Give the man all the rope he wants, and he will be sure to hang himself. If you were to call him aside and tell him you knew he was lying, it would be a boon to him. Every night he gets his ticket for a place to sleep, and twice a day he gets some food. He has also been made clean and respectable in appearance. After a while, he halts and doesn't speak. The leader will call out, George, what is the matter with you tonight? Haven't you anything to thank God for? He slowly gets to his feet and says, Mr. Hadley, every word I have spoken since I came in this place is a lie. Is there any hope for me? Yes, indeed, my brother, there is hope for you. Come up here and let us tell Jesus all about it. And he comes up sobbing and prostrates himself before God. We all gather round him and help him pray through. This time, the start is genuine. We have every phase of the devil's power to combat here. A man comes forward for prayers, a perfect tramp. We pray with him, and he makes a start. We find that he has a wife and children somewhere, and we get them together and build a little home. He secures employment after a long time and prospers. He gets a bank account. And finally, because his means will allow it, and because it will be nearer his work, he moves uptown and has a pretty little flat. He joins an uptown church, and at the prayer meeting, he stands up at the first opportunity and says that so many years and months and days ago, he came, a homeless drunkard, to the Water Street Mission, and there Jesus met him and saved him, that his loved ones were restored, and that he has employment and home and heaven. He does not find the same sympathy there that he expects. Some dear old saints give a groan, and he fears he has made a mistake. He is certain of it when, at the close of the service, a good brother comes up and says, Now, my friend, see here, why do you tell that dreadful story? Are you not saved from that life, and don't you want to forget it? I would not tell that story any more. It don't sound well up here. Our convert has had his eyes open. Why, yes, certainly, he says, I'd love to forget it. Of course I would. After that, his testimony is of little account for the glory of God or the salvation of sinners. He is gratified at the ease with which he can be an acceptable church member. He has lost his testimony, and the midweek service has lost its charm. Instead of going with his wife and children, he strolls out on the street, looks in the windows, reads the billboards in front of the theater, and finally goes in to see the play. Soon after, I get a letter from the wife. It is all blurred with tears. Oh, Mr. Hadley, do come up and see us as soon as you can. We are in great trouble. 
I go and find the poor husband and father dead drunk in the bedroom. The heartbroken wife is in another room crying, and well may she cry. The little ones are clinging to their mother's dress, weeping also. Already an intuition of some dread calamity has entered their minds. I wait until the man wakes from his drunken sleep. I talk with him. I pray with him. He promises everything and means nothing. He goes on downward. He sells everything, piece by piece, at the pawn shop, the bedding, the household furniture, down to the children's clothes and shoes, and they are dispossessed from their home, all for rum. I have to stand by the poor heartbroken wife and little ones. Finally, in the throes of delirium tremens, almost a dead man, he comes back. Once in Water Street, always in Water Street. Thank God. There is no one else that will take him, and he must come back. He makes another start. I get the things out of pawn and start the little home again. It is harder this time to get work, but after a while he gets a job. He falls again and again, lower every time, but at last, after perhaps five years, he comes in utterly discouraged by all his failures, and with the cry of the publican he falls at Jesus' feet and is anchored this time to the blessed Redeemer. You cannot fool him now. He gives up tobacco and every other weight and the sin which doth so easily beset him, and begins again to run with patience the race that is set before him, looking unto Jesus always. Is it any wonder the disciples asked our Lord, Master, are there few that be saved? Now I want to record here that after all this fight I found that on the first night this man came up for prayers and made a start, Jesus touched his guilty soul with his most precious blood, and the devil, though he rent him sore, could never undo what was done by the Lord Jesus Christ. Thine own wickedness shall correct thee, and thy backslidings shall reprove thee. Know therefore and see that it is an evil thing and bitter that thou hast forsaken the Lord thy God. Jeremiah two nineteen. Grace will complete what grace begins to save from sorrows and from sins. He who that wisdom undertakes, eternal mercy ne'er forsakes. End of chapter 8